welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. I'm your host, Richard Dugan, and I thank you so much for joining us here on the program. It's always a pleasure to come your way, bringing you these fine programs, these guests who have some incredible and very interesting stories to tell, not only about themselves, but about the work that they are doing, trying to make this a better place for everyone uh, in so many different areas. And uh, we hope that you will join us, hope that you will listen live on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., as well as Monday mornings at 1 a.m., and also uh, going to the podcasts that are on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Spotify, Blueberry, Player FM, and a whole bunch of others. And uh, when you're listening to the SoundCloud podcast, podcast, you want to click on that little grocery cart in the upper right-hand corner. Everybody else uses that probably to sell you something. Uh, We take you to our guest's website, and uh, we want you to go there to uh, find out more out uh, find out out uh, more about our guest and what they have to offer and uh, maybe uh, you'll resonate with some of what they have to say and if you do please contact them uh, get in touch maybe do some work with them maybe it'll help you throughout your uh, evolutionary process get educated uh, inspired in, enlightened Uh, awaken your consciousness, if you will, raise your consciousness. We hope that you will do that. And if you like what we are doing and you'd like to support it financially, we have PayPal and Patreon accounts available. If you would like to do that, uh, you're always welcome to do so, and we greatly appreciate it. And uh, so uh, please uh, uh, do what you can, and we will take any amount, and we will also take energetic healing. Speaking of energetic healing, what a segue. Uh, I don't want to call myself the master of segues by any stretch of the imagination, but I will tell you this. That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about the aspects of energetic healing. And it's real interesting how uh, our guest has come to that. And we're going to find out what uh, Thomas Palladino has to say uh, today. First of all, Thomas, thank you so much for joining us today on the program. Thank you. A pleasure. An honor to be here, sir. Let me ask you, first of all, uh, about your role in what I've, I've described in a very general, very general sense as energetic healing. I'm familiar with uh, Royal Raymond Rife and his, uh, uh, his device, the Rife Frequency Generator. Uh, matter of fact, I was privileged to narrate their, uh, their documentary and DVD back in uh, the late 1990s, early 2000s. Uh, also familiar with another gentleman, more current, uh, Stephen Lewis, who wrote a book called Sanctuary, having to do with his process called EMC Squared. Uh, and yet you are dealing with something that, uh, even though they were dealing with still natural situations, natural energetic uh, currents, if you will, uh, your study and research into the energy that you are working with for the purposes of healing derives uh, initially, if I am correct, from the sun. That's correct. Exactly. Exactly. So tell us, first of all, about your background and uh, uh, why you got involved in healing in general, but energetic healing. What what was what was that path like? Sure. Uh, I resonate with your introduction. I do want to make this a better world, as you do, Richard. And I want to see people raise their awareness and and live in that grace of awareness. 
So what started me on this path? Well, it was our predecessors, people like Royal Rife that you spoke of, or other great scientists such as Nikola Tesla. Um, those two men um, were pioneers in, in energy. Um, I have a, a great respect for Royal Rife, who developed instruments that could improve human health. He developed instruments that could uh, readily uh, eradicate the microbes, germs from the body. And in many ways, I've modeled my career after Royal Rife or Nikola Tesla. So this is a new technology that we're speaking of. It's known as scalar energy. Some people call that chi healing or prana. The scientists today call it scalar energy. And with that, I have I've have a career behind me in which I've worked with this energy. I've perfected instruments. I have scalar light instruments that allow me to perform incredible functions and to improve human health therein. So with that in mind, this is the new horizon. This is the new landscape that we see unfolding, not just for medicine, for health, but for all walks of life. Scalar light research, this new energy that we're finally realizing exists. Some people, again, call it zero-point energy or prana. This scalar light technology is about to change the world. Mm. Well, you know, an energy by any other name, I know that's not Shakespeare, <laughs> but it's close, is <laughs> still uh, any energy any energy by any other name, and I'm talking natural energy, uh, is, is good for you, and uh, you can't get enough of it. Uh, and that's one of the things that is so fascinating. Now, I and my wife are Reiki masters, and we have been trained in how to utilize We'll call it prana. We'll call it the divine energy, what have you. It doesn't come from us. We are conduits of it. So it goes through us. But for us, our perspective is not to uh, elicit a specific uh, response, if you will. Ours is to share that energy with others so they then choose to do with it what they will. And I will give you a brief little story. My, my father's brother uh, had, was in the late stages of cancer. And uh, my wife and I found out, and we said, could we get a picture? We'll send him an absentee healing, which we did. Uh, about, uh, I'm going to say about a month later, and this was actually after, I think, his funeral. We actually went down and, and were there. We found out that uh, it was shortly after we had done this absentee healing that he had gotten really angry and he threw his medications across the room, got into his wheelchair, and apparently their family lived on a, a large compound or ranch, wheeled himself across the, uh, the compound to his son's uh, house, went in, and I guess they had a time of father-son uh, uh, bonding, if you will, or closure, uh, and shortly thereafter he passed. And I know that some people especially within the Christian realm, and I used to work for 15 years at a Christian station, would be calling the station on these prayer programs, these healing programs, to be healed, which is what they wanted. Yes. But that's really what it comes down to, doesn't it, is this energy yes. is, is there for all of us. This I, love, yes, I do love the word prana, but it's up to each of us as to what we do with it and not to, sh I, I'm going to use the word, and not to inflict our personal desires for that person's uh, well-being, if you will, or what have you. For example, my wife was diagnosed 20 year, almost 20 years ago with cancer. 
And I asked her, do you want to live or do you want to die? I may not like your choice, but I'll support you in it. That's, to me, how this energy is to be used. Your perspective. Yes, I concur and well-spoken. Again, this is life force energy. It originates from the sun and the stars. So obviously, sunlight, starlight is for everybody. You, You cannot block it out, frankly. And it really boils down to how will you accept that energy and will you work in accord with that energy? Again, it's prana, zero-point energy, sunlight. And I have developed instruments that are controlling this sunlight, this prana. They're not electromagnetic instruments. And from a scientific standpoint, you can achieve incredible, incredible things with scalar that you cannot achieve with electricity. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody needs to have an instrument. Prayer, intention, meditation is another way to tap into this energy. Everybody has the ability to to manage, to control this zero-point energy, this life force energy. And as we learn more and more, we see that the, the, um, the boundaries between spirituality and science are dissolving. Um, spirituality and science are the same. It's just a, a different viewpoint of the view, universe. I know that when I was with the, that station— uh, they viewed science and Christianity as diametrically opposed. And, <laughs> and I thought, okay, and what's interesting is science is actually uh, proving, even though your philosophy is a faith-based philosophy, they are proving the existence of these energies and uh, this force that exists in the universe that not only holds everything together— uh, but they even talk about, uh, I don't know if science per se talks about this, uh, but that uh, um, universal intelligence that designs. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, we have 7.9 billion people on this planet. No two human beings are the same. And yet I know that we've had more more than that number of trees on the planet and no two of them are the same. And yet right. and yet. What a wonder we are in that respect. But we would you say that we have over the course of time sort of we sort of done this to ourselves where now we need people like you to uh, to help us through uh, this process of of healing. I mean, I mean, I look at this uh, list here of, uh, you know, headaches and skin problems and uh, viral infections, uh, herpes, bacterial infections, fungal uh, infections, um, uh, digestive problems, sleep disorders, stress and anxiety, arthritis, uh, fibromyalgia and the list. The list is endless of these conditions. And I have to ask you from from what you know about uh, these types of things. Are most of these more 20th and 21st century issues or have these been around ever since man has been on the planet? These issues have been around um, since the dawn of time. Um, But I, I will go on record, Richard. I'm not bashful about this. The instruments that I have developed present a guaranteed approach to microbial disease. That is the scalar light instruments that I have, I can guarantee that I can break apart and eradicate viruses, bacteria, fungi. So what I'm saying is I have discovered, if you will, the cure for viral bacterial fungal disease. And I'm willing to prove that. I know that's a strong statement, but I I have that data. Well, now, 
I'm, I'm, I want to ask you, because I do know the history of, for example, you, you, we both have mentioned Royal Raymond Reif and, and his history. And, of course, yes. the pushback that he got, especially from the AMA back then. I didn't even know it existed back then, but nonetheless, um, as we, b- before we get into the specifics of, of uh, scalar waves and scalar energy, I, I should actually uh, use that term. Um, what about uh, your experiences over the years uh, in terms of pushback information? Uh, in the United States, it isn't this particular number is not toll free, but there is a toll free number 805-364-3051. And the toll free is 800-345-9851. We'll be linked to your website, too, uh, Thomas, because uh, we want people to know more about what you're doing and investigate and research. And I think that that's been part of our problem, has it not, over the se- the decades in particular, especially the 20th century into the 21st. And that is... That people are, they have a real problem uh, um, asserting their own personal uh, uh, desires, if you will, for their well-being. And they entrust it into um, those people who they think have the answers, and that's the medical community, doctors and physicians and so forth. When in fact, isn't it true that we do have all the answers within us? We, we do. We do. And we have to realize that I have a respect. I'm sure most people have a respect for physicians and nurses. They do a great job, frankly. But there are other approaches to wellness, and we're seeing that. And whether you want to call this integrative medicine or, or groundbreaking medicine, as, as you so decide, um, my point is I have developed instruments that I can guarantee the destruction of microbes, of mm-hmm. germs. I don't know of any medicine, drug, surgery that can do that. And with that, I have the answer for microbial disease. Now, I, I would have thought uh, by now that the world would have um, embraced this because it's so effective, simple, and it's painless. But I guess the pushback that I've seen thus far is absolute denial hmm. on the part of so many people. Well, it to me is it's it's fascinating to uh, to see how uh, all of this is is starting to come to light. Now, these instruments that you speak of, these instruments that you talk about, um, do they look anything like those instruments that we've seen on some of the sci-fi programs? Oh, I don't know, like oh. Star Trek, Next Generation, and so forth. Uh, and that was one of the interesting things that I observed was that most of the instruments uh, utilized a certain uh, light configurations and yes. so forth. I always found the instrument because they lit up. And I guess that was more yes. for television. But yet at the same time, you take a look at some of the other devices they had that we have now, like the tablet. And the cell phone, the smartphone, and so forth. Um, so, uh, just out of curiosity, what do some of these instruments uh, look like? And and uh, are they? I mean, are, are they huge or or are they handheld? Tell us a little about that. They are custom built instruments. <clears throat> if I were to <clears throat> place them on a table, it'd probably be seven to eight feet in length. Um, um, they are um, indeed light instruments, and what's really pertinent to note is that there are no moving parts to these instruments. So you might say, well, where is the motive force? 
if there's no moving parts, how do you create this energy? And the, the answer is this. I do not create the energy. The energy is from the sun and the stars. I simply capture, harness the energy from the sun and the stars. So these are custom-built instruments with no moving parts, hence there's no friction. And these instruments capture sunlight or starlight. Um, and I believe with this instrumentation that we've developed over the years, and, and I had help with this, I have not done this single-handedly, mm -hmm. that these instruments will be able to improve the lifestyle of millions upon millions, billions of people around the world. Now, uh, the, uh, the energy you speak of obviously is natural, and it sounds an awful lot like what I remember hearing in reference to Tesla talking about uh, what he referred to as free energy, because it was yes. it was just in the atmosphere, if you will. Again, it was. Yes. I mean, now some people will say, "Well, is this is this akin to solar energy with these panels that we've built and so forth and so on?" Yeah, that that's a good analogy. It, it I do not have solar panels per se, but by way of analogy, if a a um, a, a solar panel can collect um, that energy and then transfer it, then I likewise can collect harness energy from the sun and the stars. What I am working with is not electricity or magnetism. I'm working with a different type of energy, scalar energy, which does not experience entropy. There's no die-off. There's no decay of signal. Now, that's very important because if I'm working with an energy that does not experience entropy, then indeed this free energy will never die. It serves as a perpetual source of energy. And that's what Tesla was getting at. If it's free energy from the sun and the stars, well, the sun and the stars are long-lasting, right? They're eternal. Hence, we have an eternal energy supply. If you drill an oil well, sooner or later, you're going to tap that oil. You're, you're going to exhaust that oil field. You'll never exhaust the sun and the stars. So this is free energy. It's a perpetual infinite supply of energy everybody should be excited about this richard this we're about to end the energy crisis frankly yeah and and i i am excited about that at the same time i sit here going yeah and the powers that be are going to do everything they can to stop you because yep. the last thing they want is free energy for everybody and it's like Right. Wouldn't you like to be doing something else with your life, Mr. Oil Man? You know, uh, yeah. my goodness, it just seems to me like uh, we keep spinning our wheels. I mean, decade after decade, it's like we don't make progress. I, I grew up in the 60s as a kid watching the Jetsons and really hoping that the 21st century would be like that, where we would be living in those uh, those buildings in the sky and cars flying through the air and so forth and so on. And we're just scratching the surface of at least the, the flying cars thing. I don't know about the towers in the sky, although we do have the space needle here and those types of things. But at the same time, uh, I, I just sit here going, OK, the only way that this is going to work, Tom, is we've got to raise the consciousness of the people, of the people, the powers that be somehow. But at the same time, it has to be their choice. I mean, you don't want to take away anybody's free will. Yes, you're, you're absolutely right. <clears throat> the technology exists. There has been a great deal of suppression with people like Nikola Tessa and Royal Rife that you mentioned. And that's a shame because that hurts society. And society, people have to realize that there are vested interests that do not want to see this technology come to the fore. 
They are intimidated by this technology. And who suffers? You suffer. Your family suffers. So we have to represent the vanguard and bring on and welcome this new technology. Otherwise, it'll be the same problem day after day without advance. We were watching the documentary, if I call it a documentary, uh, and that is the documentary called Chernobyl. And as we're watching one, one uh, episode after another, uh, maybe it's a docudrama, we'll call it. Anyway, uh, the one comment that my wife kept saying over and over again, and of course this happened in 86, 87, 88, what have you, after Three Mile Island and before uh, Fukushima, she says, we're like babies playing with some, this, this, this dangerous thing. We have no clue what we're doing. And there are so many people on the right who want to say that uh, nuclear power, and by the way, it's pronounced nuclear, nuclear, nuclear is how it's pronounced, not nuclear. I hear that all the time. Anyway, uh, not to get sidetracked here, uh, they say it's clean energy. And I'm going, how clean is it? All right, fine. It's generating energy through these fuel rods. But when those fuel rods are spent... How clean is that? You've got to bury it in the ground? Uh, so I, I don't consider that a clean energy. Of course, they accuse uh, the solar industry of not being clean either because uh, of what you have to do in order to make the solar panels and the toxic chemicals you've got to use to create those photovoltaic cells and on and on and on and on. Well, I've got to believe the technology's got, got to have come a long way in the last 40, 50 years uh, to, to be able to do this. I mean, the space program was using solar panels, you know, before it was cool. So we've got all of these innovations that are out there. And I remember in the 70s, they used to complain how expensive it was. And I kept thinking, well, wait a minute. The longer you wait, the more expensive it's going to get. But, of course, once they got rolling, you know, the expenses, the, the cost has come down. In terms of the cost of uh, the, the devices that you've created, the instruments, the instruments that yes. you've created... What kind of uh, uh, what kind of uh, do I want to say price point are we talking about here, or is this something yeah. that I wouldn't necessarily purchase, but that you would be able to utilize on my behalf remotely, or does it have to be you know uh, in proximity to the instrument? Yeah, that's a good point. The scaler works at a distance. That is, when I work with people. They simply send me their photograph. I work with people and treat people around the world and improve their health by way of a photograph. And this is the way a scalar light instrument works. It can find a person by way of their photograph and send energy, much like a, a radio station can find a portable radio and send an energy wave, so to speak, to a, a portable radio. So I, I'm not at the point to manufacture these, and I, I don't think I ever will. Because of the liability, because if people don't understand how this is, is utilized, they could hurt themselves. So I provide a service, um, and that service is we, we take people's photographs. People will email their photograph to us, and we're able to eradicate the germs in their body and provide nutrients, um, all by way of this uh, energy signal, this scalar wave signal. And I think that's the, the best I can do right now with my limited funds and my limited resources. Okay. Now, what about any kind of um, uh, uh, 
investors or backers financially that that are interested in supporting you in this work that know exactly what it is you're doing and they say yeah we this needs to happen yeah but richard i i welcome any serious discussion um from from anybody who wants to participate um if somebody wants to back this financially, they're going to have to do so on a humanitarian level. And the reason I say that, I don't want money to get involved. I don't want to commercialize this. I, my goal is to heal the world. And I'm trying to do that um, with people around the world on a, on a pro bono basis to, to do that um, confidently and free of charge with people around the world. So the end goal is to heal the world. The end goal, and I'm not being facetious here, the end goal is not to make money here. So the, the less I concentrate on money, commercialization, and the greater my emphasis is on healing people and helping people, then we're going to stay true to form. And we're not going to muddy the waters. And we, we won't have to answer to a board of directors that's driven by money and not driven by healing. So if, if you hear the sincerity of my voice, I'm trying to keep money out of this equation, Richard. You know, uh, it's funny because I been, have been doing this radio program, this specific program, Tell Me Your Story, for over 13 years. And I keep hearing people saying, well, you, know, you need to monetize it. And my biggest concern is I don't want any barriers between the information you, Thomas yes. Paladino, have to offer and the listener. Now, yes. uh, that's why I put forth the, the request to our listeners, if they'd like to support what we're doing financially, if, I, I would love that. And if they don't, yes. I'm, I'm st- please keep listening, keep, keep uh, taking in this information and researching it for yourself to see what yes. resonates with you. And so that's the reason why I do this. And, you know, I'm hoping someday maybe, uh, you know, things will break and things will happen and, and hey, this will... Uh, you know, take off and, and I'll have those kinds of benefactors that will support not just what I'm doing, but what you're doing, too, through letting the listeners, letting the general public know, hey, yes. if you have th- this long laundry list of issues. And by the way, I knew this woman back in Phoenix when I was working at a, a warehouse and she was taking nine different medications and uh, just feeling awful. And each medication, the first one, of course, was for the initial symptoms of whatever it was that they were prescribed. And then, of course, each subsequent medication was for the side effects of the previous medication. And eventually, while I, as, I, as I got to know her better, eventually she went to her doctor. She got off of all of them and felt terrific. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, this yeah. is one of the problems we have in in from the Orthodox medical community. And again, I don't want to throw them away, but you you've done something that is is described in a statement that was made to me in reference to our moving forward, our evolutionary process, especially when it comes to the institutions. Um, they said, "Don't destroy the old institutions." Create new ones, and you use this word, that make the old ones obsolete. Yes. And that's what you're doing. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Um, When new technology comes in, let's face it, it replaces the previous technology that is outdated. And that's what I see with scalar energy. Now, nobody should be intimidated by this. Because this new technology will make your life easier, better. You won't have to work 
as many hours, you will not be under the stress that you're under. So I am not trying to undermine society at all. I'm trying to improve society. And here's a great example. Well, years ago, prior to the advent of cars or motorized vehicle, everybody was using a horse for transportation or some other means. Very few people take a horse to work anymore. So there's a new means of transportation that many people prefer. So I have nothing against horses, and I have nothing against the existing technology today. I'm simply saying that there's a new technology that's going to replace what we know as as our status quo today, and welcome that change. Change is good. Change will improve our lifestyle. That's what I propose. I propose a new society with a new technology, which is scalar technology, free energy that's clean. There is no uh, carbon uh, footprint here. Free energy from the sun and the stars, 100% clean. Renewable energy, of course, it's from the sun and the stars. Mm -hmm. And, of course, it has been stated, however, in spite of what you said earlier in the program, that the sun will burn out. However, that's, from what the scientists are saying, a few billion years away. (laughs) So I don't think we have to worry about that. No, we don't. Because I don't even know if humanity will be around a billion years from now. Um, Hopefully our evolution will have taken us to a a new place uh, where we're not we're not even doing what we're doing today on a, especially on the material level. How were right. you intro- were you introduced to this technology, this this uh, this concept, if you will? Now you know, you you mentioned Tesla, and of course Royal Raymond Rife. Uh, were were those the uh, when when were you first introduced to this concept? When as a youngster, uh, as yeah. a youngster, right? Okay. I was a voracious reader, I still am, and I knew that these men were on to something. People like Tesla, another man by the name of Moray and Hieronymus, all pioneers in this field of, of, of energy, this new, well, unrecognized energy, as I call it, scalar light or radiant energy, some people call it zero-point energy. It's pertinent to note that there's two energies, electromagnetic, electricity and magnetism, and another energy far superior, known as scalar energy, what some people are calling prana or zero-point energy. Mm-hmm. As a youngster, it's been a 40-year path, if you will. As a youngster, I realized how superior scalar energy was, radiant energy, as opposed to that of electricity. And I simply made a career out of it to pursue this technology, scalar light technology. Mm. And I know that there's been the discussion within the uh, physics community uh, in reference to um, uh, particles versus waves. And first of all, uh, you know, what's the difference? Well, um, one's a particle, one's a wave. And why is that important? I'm just curious from your perspective, why? Why would that be of importance. What, what difference does it make if it's a particle or a wave if it works? Sure. It, well, the bottom line with many people, does it work and does it improve my lifestyle? And I can understand that from a practical sense. But we have to understand the universe. And in order to understand the universe, you really have to look at the fundament of, of energy, of light. Because light serves as the instructions for everything. 
It's always been my contention that the sun and the stars produce scalar light initially, and that electromagnetic energy is a derivative or a subset of scalar light. So the initial instructions of the universe, the initial light source, is scalar, or what people call radiant energy or zero-point energy. Electricity and magnetism is simply a consequence of the life force energy of scalar energy. Now, going back to an, an earlier statement, scalar light or this life force energy is, in, is so important, it decides the structure of matter. Scalar light carries our thought patterns, our brain waves. This is how important light is. It's responsible for the instructions of the universe. Without scalar light, you'd have a universe of chaos. You would not have a universe. Okay, and it's interesting that you put it that way because one of the things that we're we're talking about here in 2020, uh, as we have just begun this uh, auspicious year, I consider it so, is uh, we I have declared uh, 2020 the year of perfect vision, inner vision, and we began. Uh, the year with a series of interviews surrounding a particular a book called Chaos to Clarity. Now, one of the things that I talk about on this program in reference to what you just referred to, without scalar energy, there would be chaos in the universe. Um, when we look through the Hubble, Hubble telescope at the macrocosmic world and we watch supernovas, stars exploding, and uh, meteors and comets flying through, and, and asteroids, and all kinds of collisions, and, and creation, and all of these different things, we sit there and we go, ooh, ah, right? And then when we look through, say, the electron microscope at the microcosmic world, same kinds of things are happening. They're moving around, dividing, and subdividing, and then joining, and melding, and merging, and um, and again, it's another ooh-ah moment, right? But when we look at the mid, as I refer to it, the mid-cosmic <laughs> world, now that's where you and I live, at that level, the mid-cosmic yes. world, there is no ooh or ah. There's either screaming and yelling or a great joy and bliss because of how things are going. And it's like, wait a minute, why should our reaction to the mid-cosmic world be different from our reaction to the macro or microcosmic world. And it seems to me that the only reason why, as you just stated, the universe, our world, is even holding together as well as it is, is because there are also certain people around the world, in I call it in the monastic life, in those clusters, those cloisters, who are spinning the prayer wheels and, and rubbing the prayer beads and doing that kind of spiritual work, that if they stopped, it would be the equivalent of eliminating scalar waves because I think that the earth would just kind of fall apart. And it's these yeah, good, people good, and that energy. Good, good point. Uh, and I would encourage everybody to pray and to meditate and to do good deeds. Uh, I'll reiterate any type of prayer, meditation, is a scalar wave. Good intentions, positive thoughts are scalar waves. And this is why you'll have some coaches that will encourage you to think positive. Well, they're smart because that's a scalar wave that you set up. And you're going to have a profound influence upon people around you as well as yourself. Our thinking is a scalar wave. And that scalar 
antler wave can make or break your day. I've seen it. I've, I've done it myself. If oh, I have wow. a good day, I can attribute it to myself. If I have a bad day, it's my fault because I did not position myself, Richard. I did not set myself up to have a good day. Well, fortunately, I have a greater number of good days than bad days, but I'm trying to verify this science. This is not a suggestion. This is now hardcore science. Our thoughts really can decide our path in life. Well, isn't that what uh, the ancient wisdom teachings have been saying all along? And now science is starting to verify that, isn't it? Yes, I mean, it it's is. it's verified yes, it, it actually that we do. Yep. This is the phrase that, oh, I have to tell you, I heard this phrase back in the 80s, especially around the harmonic convergence and so forth. And uh, the Christian community hated this phrase that we create our own reality. Yes. And science has proven that that's true. Yes. Yes, this is, it is true. This is fascinating. It, it is true. You know, you see some people, they set themselves up in life and, and they're happy and they're gregarious and they, they always accept a challenge or thinking outside the box. And their life is, is wonderful. They, they live a very engaging lifestyle as opposed to some people who are morose and they simply go home. And they watch the same boring television show night after night. Well, you've set yourself up for failure. So, you know, get out of that rut. There are many ways to, to live an enlightened, a very exciting lifestyle. Yeah. I love my lifestyle, Richard. I've got a great wife. I, got a, I have a great career. And I can guarantee you I don't watch that same boring television station every night. I, I don't watch TV per se. Yeah. I'm, I set myself up for success is what I'm saying. You know, that's very interesting. Am I uh, – that I, I know of people who they like – the the horror they like the drama they like all of that aspect you know and i have enough you know i have enough drama in my life i don't really need to watch it on tv and now the only way that i can sit with my wife to watch some of those programs is just to remind myself this was all done on a sound stage this was all done on a sound stage <laughs> you know um and and that and, you know and, and i have enough drama in my life that it's it's, it's that's great that's fine but at the same time, if my life were a reality show, I wouldn't watch it, okay? Um, not that my life isn't interesting to me, but I want to be living my life rather than watching other people live theirs. Um, but I've noticed, too, here's, here's what I do in the evenings. If, if we've watched one of those drama programs, and I kid you not, I go over to one of the... Uh, um, I refer to them as the adult cartoons, you know, like Family Guy, maybe The Simpsons, something like that. Now, I go into one of those cartoons knowing it's stupid. Okay? I, I know. And I will watch one of those as a manner of, as, in a manner of speaking, to sort of rinse out my mind before I go to sleep. Yes. To have a, have a little bit of a laugh, a chuckle. And it seems to me like a lot of folks, they're not doing that. I mean, you take a look at our world today, even our own country and the and the divide divides. It's not just one divide. It's plural divides uh, in, in this country alone. And you sit there going, are you people having any fun with your life? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
No, you're right. And we, we look at the stagnation in Washington, D.C. right now and how polarized we are. Oh. And I frankly, I ask my wife frequently and say, how does this help us as a couple? How does all of this intrigue and drama in Washington, D.C. run a country? And the answer is we're not running the country properly. Yeah. And this, the drama that we see in Washington, D.C. is the drama that we see in families and businesses. Yeah. It's not progress. It's it's so Richard, this world is is capable of such incredible feats. People have such talent, and we cut ourselves short. One of the questions I used to ask at the end of the program of my guests was, how powerful are we? And I want you, you've, you've sort of already alluded to that in reference to the scalar waves, in reference to our ability to create our own reality put your spin on that question how powerful are we yeah how powerful well in the context of scalar light i firmly believe that scalar light is from god i believe it's a divine energy and the fact that we can all participate and control and harness scalar light it it calls to mind that we're act, we're acting on that divine level. That doesn't mean we're gods, but we're we are co-creating with God, and we are participating with God. Now, that's the highest calling that I can speak of. Mm. That that divine will, that divine unity. That's incredible. That's the that's the potential of mankind to participate to co-create with God. Nothing better than that. N nothing uh, of a grander scale than that. And that is still a form of communing with God. And isn't that yep. also what the ancient wisdom teachings teach us as far as right. many of the practices that are described throughout the world? And they're, in essence, the goal is to commune with God. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. To be in harmony with God. Yeah. You know, regardless of your philosophical leaning or your 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 faith or your beliefs, I, I think most of us realize there's a creator. And imagine if there is a creator, he's asking us, he's inviting us to create with him, to join him in creation, to be a participant in creation. What that that's the greatest ability that I could ever think of. What a great gift! Yeah. And that's what I'm calling humanity. Scalar light is an access. We now have access to a different dimension, scalar light or zero-point energy, and we're now able to access that dimension and create through it, through God's creative strength. Well, this is why I have such a fabulous career, Richard. I wouldn't change anything in my life. Now I'm trying to call people and bring people into this fold because I want them to experience what I've experienced. I want them to see the benefits to be derived. And 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 it's immense. The the plan of God is immense. So I those of you within earshot, please join our movement. We're about to change the world. Scalarlight.com's the website. That's where you want to go to start your re research. Pathogenic cleansing, nutrient programs promoting optimal health, and chakra balancing. Imagine the rewards. And imagine staying with us. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back here on Tell Me Your Story with Tom Palladino. And he is uh, the, uh, uh, I want to say the discoverer or the continuing 
utilizer, if you will, of scalar uh, energy. And we will continue our conversation with him in just a moment. Stay tuned. Tell me your stories. I'll do my best to understand you. And welcome back to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I am Richard Dubin, your host. I'm here with uh, uh, Thomas Palladino, and we are talking about scalar energy. Now, I want to talk just briefly. I don't want to get too far into this, but then I also want to talk about the maybe the, the steps, the process. You have actually uh, one thing that's available on your website is a 15-day experiment experience uh, for you and your loved ones, and we'll discuss that. But I want to touch uh, just a little bit on this aspect of scalar uh, energy and scalar waves and so forth, the technology. Now, when I went to see Stephen Lewis uh, in Phoenix back in, I want to say, 99 or 2000, uh, he also had as his guest speaker Wayne Dyer. And he was uh, talking, that is, uh, Stephen was talking about this process. And I, have, I had been working uh, on the computer editing in, in the uh, software for only about six or seven years, although I'd been doing it since 1979. And uh, as he described the process, uh, I began to imagine my my screen, my my digital editing software, my audio editing software, and especially in the stereo mode in 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 two files, two waves, rather a left channel and a right channel. And I had done this a number of times prior to this lecture. Where I would take the uh, a a true left-right separated stereo signal, uh, say of music, and I wanted to make a sing-along soundtrack, kind of like karaoke, and I took one channel and I flipped it horizontally uh, so that it was now out of phase with the right channel. Then I mixed the two channels into mono, and of course it took the similar. Uh, a wave frequencies and it pushed them either out or way in the background which was usually the vocals the lead vocals and then it brought the instrumentation forward especially if you had uh, one set of instruments on the left channel and a different set on the right and boom i've got a soundtrack i've got a sing-along uh, uh, tape well I described this to him, and he says, basically, that's what we're talking about. We're trying to find those frequencies. Um, but then when I was going to set up the interview with him following the lecture, and I was on the phone with his uh, secretary or his assistant, and I described this to her because I thought it was a very interesting find on my part. She said, oh, no, 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 no. He will not talk about that because he doesn't want that kind of information to fall into the wrong hands. To which immediately I thought, wait a minute, you mean to tell me that I'm the only human being on the planet that has discovered this this theory? <laughs> I don't think so. I, I, you know, I believe in the hundredth monkey theory. So when it comes to scalar technology, scalar waves and or energy, uh, there have been those that I have known over the last few years, uh, a couple of three decades, who are talking about how this technology has actually been used for less than humanitarian purposes. Can yes. can you yes. and again I, I don't want to go too further too much further into this. I want to get back to the positives. But with anything, isn't it true that for every positive 
uh, use for something, there's certainly a negative. Yes, you're absolutely right. Um, if, if you go into a hardware store and you purchase a hammer, you could use that hammer for constructive purposes or destructive purposes. And well, likewise with energy. So to, to be quite candid, Richard, there are some things I understand about scalar energy that I won't release to the general public. It can be used as a weapon. And I, I, for that reason, and amongst other reasons, I'll never sell these instruments because they can be misused, and I don't want to see that. Sure. Okay. So basically, um, uh, we'll kind of end that aspect of it. So basically, as you've just stated, what you do to assist and support people in their well-being, as we'll put it, is to, to do these remote um, energy... I, I I don't want to use the word healing because, as we discussed earlier, it's really up to that individual as to what they're going to do. But I would think if they're coming to you, that isn't that's kind of what they're looking for, isn't it? That's correct. That's most people that come to me are predisposed, and they're they understand the science, or they at least appreciate the science and what it can do. And most people that come to me and they submit a photograph to us. I would say, on balance, the greater majority of people see an improvement, and many of them, a significant improvement in their health. And and rightfully so, because this energy, again, is it's so profound what it can accomplish, its, its work function, and it's safe. You know, the, it, when, when could you ever take a, any type of medical procedure and they could say, well, there's no complications, there's no side effects? Well, that's my statement to you. If this is sunlight and starlight, mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. And the sunlight and starlight is good for us. As a matter of fact, it's the life force energy. Our life depends upon it. Then this pure form of sunlight and starlight is all good, so to speak. There is no deleterious side effect. Well, now, uh, you know, certainly uh, you had actually mentioned that if, if someone were to uh, have one of these instruments, they need to know how to use it because you did make the reference that they could actually hurt themselves. And when we think about being out in the sunlight, if you're out in the sunlight for too long, your skin's going to burn and then you run the risk of potential uh, skin cancers and those kinds of things uh, and what have you. So there is still there's still a there's the potential, but yes. in the right hands, you're going to experience uh, incredible results. How many people have you helped thus far with these instruments? Any numbers yet? Richard, we, we have a, a, a group um, throughout Africa and India in which we're treating people free of charge um, in, in, um, who are marginalized and who... who uh, have a tough lifestyle, if you will. I'm sure we've treated already 20 million people around the world, 20 to 30 million people with great results. And that's over the course of how many the, the years? The past 10, past 10 years. Wow. Past 10 years. That's, yeah. that's a lot of people. That is yes, a lot is. of people. You know, that's a, um, I'm not even sure how many people are in New York City or Los Angeles, <laughs> but that's a, that's a big city right there. Or country, yes, I is. suppose. Yes. Um, and, yes, and that's is. incredible. And then I'm curious, have there been any studies yet uh, in yes. regards to the impact of these individuals on their respective communities? Because, for example, chakra balancing, uh, if you get your energy centers aligned properly 
for your individual uh, personage, you then go around to other people and you can have a, an incredibly positive impact. You're not trying to yes. heal them, but just by being in their presence in many cases, right? Yes, that's what, correct. What about that's the correct. impact socially uh, yes. on the civilization, on the community? Have, have, have there been any studies or research done in that regard to that kind of impact? Not, not per se regarding the chakra balancing. I'll explain to the audience. Scalar, one of the functions of scalar, it balances our seven chakras as well as our brain waves. And many people, um, they can see a reversal of depression or anxiety or they simply are happy. They finally have um, a reason for living or, or they, they seem to have drive or determination. Now, on account of the fact that we've worked with millions of people around the world, we have many testimonies that people say that this has brought them out their stupor or that, that scalar, the chakra balancing, has given them a greater sense of drive and purpose in life, a greater sense of, of meaning in their life. And good. I'm glad to hear that. And that's true and accurate. So we see the societal benefits in the future to be um, on a world scale proportion. I contend that the day is coming that we will treat, we will work with a billion people a year, and those billion people will have a chakra balancing, and many of those people will have a shift in attitude and improvement in their attitude. And in so doing, they will, if that will rub off on their family and friends, and we will see the societal impact from scalar, just from the cognitive standpoint, from the psychological standpoint, it will change the world. That's one of my goals. When I say I want to heal the world, not just of microbial infection, but also of, of psychological distress, of also all types of mental disorders. That's my goal, to heal the world. You know, I find it interesting uh, the way you describe that, because the first thought that came to my mind was, uh, and I'm sure you've seen this, I used to do this a kid when I had hair. Uh, is uh, you take a balloon and you rub it on your hair and you generate the static electricity. And I was yes. thinking of the same thing. That balloon is the person you have used the scalar energy on, and yes. now they have that that wonderful static charge like that they pass on to the next person. I like that. I, I like your analogy. Thank you. Yeah. It's, 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 I mean, it's just incredible. I mean, we've all walked into rooms where people have been, and you can feel... What was happening there, whether it was uh, real good or not so good. And it's just incredible. It's one of the reasons why I love having guests in studio, if possible, because the energy is so much different than, say, over uh, Skype or over the phone. However, we want to talk with the people such as yourself, Thomas, Thomas Palladino, about, the, in this case, scalar energy, scalar technology, the waves that are from the sun, all natural, uh, all, all organic, no pesticides, <laughs> no, no adverse yeah. radiation, uh, you know, uh, zero calories, okay, uh, no carbs, uh, and, uh, and, and it's good for you, uh, no carbon footprint of any kind, uh, although I, I, I have to wonder, uh, and I'm, I'm, an, I'm not an astronomer nor a physicist, but I have to wonder what the uh, output, what the output of the sun is in terms of the byproduct of generating the light and the heat, if unless that's the byproduct. You know, how here on Earth, 
Well, you put gasoline in the combustion engine, well, you get the exhaust coming out the tailpipe, right? So yes. what's coming out of the tailpipe of the sun? Yeah. Uh, well, again, if we revisit our remarks, I believe scalar is divine in origin. So our, our creative mm. is, is, is creating this energy, mm-hmm. this pure immaculate energy, scalar light, like energy it. that does not degrade, energy that is perpetual. Imagine that. So with that, there is no chemical decomposition with this energy. Yeah. There is no degradation in nature. It's the perfect energy that's not going to cause any type of chemical decay or any type of um, pollution, if you will. So that's the perfection here. We start with perfection and we end with perfection. It's a perfect energy. I can't say enough for this. It's I believe that if there is a heaven, and I say there is, I'd say that heaven is 100% scalar light. There's no electricity in heaven. Yeah. Are you connected with other individuals who are doing similar research and work with, and I'm going to use the term, this divine energy? I am. I'm, I'm trying to reach out to as many people as possible. If, if anybody's serious-minded, then I work with them. And that's that's the only requirement that I have. And the, the, uh, the field is growing. Um, the, the audience out there is growing of people who want to learn. And the uh, practitioners, the teachers, they are growing too. People see the merit. They understand that there's another way coming, that this new technology is going to change the, the way we live. It's going to change the course of history. I've always said that, and I keep to that contention. Now, uh, before we wrap this up here, uh, I mean, again, this is this is not. I, I'm familiar with this, so I, I, yes, I'm I'm in awe. But at the same time, it's like, well, it's about time, you know, that kind of thing, you know. Uh, yes. Now, I will tell you that when I was a kid growing up, and when I would uh, get sick. I think I had the flu or something like that, and I was laying in bed, and my mother and one of my elder sisters came in the room, and I was laying there moaning. And my mother uh, was asked by my sister to get me to stop because I sounded terrible, to which my mother responded, oh, no, that's how he heals himself. And I really hadn't thought about it. It was just what I did, right? And I find it fascinating that more and more people are beginning to get in touch with their own physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual bodies uh, to learn how it, how they work, and then in turn to help them to stay in optimal condition. Uh, and with this technology, it sounds to me like uh, we're going to be able to do that more and more and more. Is it enough yes. to just stand out in the sun for? five, 10 minutes. That's a good start. That's, that's a good start. And, and I, I encourage people to, to obviously sunbathe accordingly and use sunscreen, but Mm -hmm. the the sun and the stars again are the source of our energy period. That's Mm -hmm. where all light comes from. Yeah. And I'm saying at the very center of our sun, the very center of all stars is the source of radiant energy, scalar energy, or, or zero point energy. And it is that energy that gives order out of chaos. It is that energy that is the life force, the life instructions of the entire universe. So by all means, not only is, is um, sunbathing or stargazing appropriate, but it's your thoughts 
It's your attitude. It's your positive approach. It's your positive affirmations. It's prayer. All of that is a form of scalar energy, scalar light. I would ask you to incorporate all of those in your lifestyle. I would say that when people tell you to go outside and get some sun, get some of that vitamin D, why don't we use the D for divine, divine energy? Yeah. Uh, because, uh, I mean, you know, what else, on, from my perspective, what else could it be? Uh, I don't think it could be anything else. And I am very excited about the prospects uh, for the near and far future for us as a, uh, as a species. And that with this kind of awareness, uh, uh, Thomas, uh, there is hope for us still. There's still hope for us yet. And uh, so I'm hoping that the the era of remote healing, not only is it here, but I'm hoping that more and more people will take advantage of it. Because isn't isn't it really about living our lives? I, I, I use this uh, the phrase that um, it's time to move from survival to thrival yes. to thrival. Yes. And yes. um, I'm I'm very grateful for the information that you have brought to us. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think that that it's again, it's not, nobody's forcing this on anybody. And I think that the reality is that um, it's going to happen whether the powers that be like it or not, just like the automobile. It happened yes. whether the horse and buggy industry liked it or not. It's going to happen yep. whether uh, the, the, the smartphones and the cell phones are going to happen, whether Ma Bell and copper wire producers like it or not. Um, that's right. And that's just that's the beginning right. of the transformations that we've had uh, over over the centuries. So I thank you so much for your uh, participation in this program. And uh, I want to let our listeners know that they can go to your website. Again, it is ScalarLight, S-C-A-L-A-R-L-I-G-H-T dot com. If you have just a moment, I want to ask you about your philosophical upbringing. Sure. What, sure. what was your perspective I, uh, growing up? I, um, I, I'm a cradle Catholic. I was, um, I've always embraced Christianity. And that has served me well because it's, it's giving me, if you will, the outline for life. It's, it's given me a real purpose in life. And, and I hold to my faith and I hold to my belief. And I, again, I, I think it's really imp important that we love God, love our neighbor, and love ourselves, that we live by that golden rule. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to practice the golden rule by my research, to honor God, love God, love my fellow man, and love myself. Um, I think I'm blessed to have the lifestyle that I have. Well, we are blessed to have had you on the program and are very excited about uh, the, the future. As I said before, um, when I speak with folks such as yourself, it does give me hope because uh, it's easy to give up hope because of the ways that things seem to be going. But one of the beautiful things I've noticed, especially looking at the macro as well as the microcosmic worlds, is that <clears throat> even as the ancient wisdom teachings tell us, that it's a cycle of destruction and creation or construction, and it just keeps keeps on going. So if there is a certain element of um, devolution, it's only because it's making way for the next wave of evolution. 
Thomas Palladino, I want to thank you so much for joining us here on the program. And should you find yourself in the Santa Barbara area, we would absolutely love to have you here in studio to continue this conversation. Uh, I'll do that, Richard. And thank you. You're a gentleman and a scholar. And and boy, you really are versed in this. I'm impressed that uh, you had such a broad understanding of what Royal Rife had, had done. By the way, he lived in San Diego, not too far from you. Yeah, well, I, I I am saddened by the fact that I never had a chance to meet him, but I think he passed long before I ever came along the yeah. scene. Yeah. But I was yeah. saddened by the fact that he was one of those people who had this incredible opportunity to provide something to the public that would have just done wonders and and the yes. the struggles that he went through just to develop the technology i, I still remember right. how uh when I, when I was reading again this was primarily in the documentary that i was reading where you know he struggled with trying to uh work with the the cells that he was working with but they were always dead cells and of course that's yeah. when the electron microscope came along where he was then able to look at live cells and then use the yes. frequency generator to actually see this but i will also tell you about another scientist from india uh, that i read about primarily in autobiography of a yogi as i often say my metaphysical primer uh, and it speaks of a scientist by the name of jagadish chandra bos and he created yeah. the crescograph that was able to uh, read the uh, responses of plants to external stimuli. And it proved that plants are alive and that they actually uh, have an awareness. And I I have to say that when I came across this, (laughs) I thought, what are vegetarians going to do now if you can't eat the animals on the planet because, you know, we're being cruel to them, you know, and we're not treating them right and this and that and the other thing and that they have a right to live. Well, now Jagadish Chandra Bose has shown that plants, they're alive, too. So what are you going to eat now? Which then took me to an old television series called Barney Miller. One scene where uh, Wojciechowicz was talking with the guy in the uh, in the uh, in the cell and the guy was breathing really kind of fast and he said are you okay he said oh yeah i'm just eating so what do you mean eating said, oh i'm a breatharian all i take in is oxygen and he says well save some for the rest of us you know <laughs> <laughs> you can you can see where my mind goes sometimes but Yes, it's just fast. It was just fascinating to me as I was reading uh, the the narration of his life, and I thought, "What is the AMA? Where you're not going to lose anything when it comes to injuries? If I break a leg, I'm still going to need orthodox medicine. Royal yes. Raymond Rife's frequency generator is not going to re-knit the cells of the bones in my leg, you know, and those kinds of things. Uh, so." Yeah. It's like, my goodness, let's let's try to move on from uh, from this space. I also uh, want to ask you three final questions. Um, yes. I, I asked you one of the questions, but that was years ago. I've dropped that from the triad of questions I ask. You may have answered this during the program, but I'd like to ask these directly. Uh, and first of all, again, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. The first question is, who is Thomas Palladino? I'm a scalar light researcher, and I design to improve the human condition by way of my research. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you're doing now? I want my work 
to be embraced by mankind. And then I want mankind to take over and continue on. Um, it's, I think it's pertinent that people get involved. So I, it's, it, if you will, the purpose of my work is to introduce the divine energy to mankind. And the world from there must take it upon themselves to continue on with this exploration. And finally, what is your life's purpose? My life purpose is to do the will of God. And right now, the will of God is, is for me to, to work with this divine energy, this divine light, and to improve the human condition with this divine light. And again, I thank you so much for being with us. And uh, any final words for our, uh, our listeners? Richard, um, first of all, thank you. You're a, gr- a great host, very insightful. And people, if I can leave you with this encouragement, make every day a positive day. Regardless of your challenges, try to address one issue at a time, solve one issue at a time. If you can, at least accept that and move on and be happy. Be happy in life. God bless everybody. I'm Richard Dugan. And again, my thanks to Thomas Palladino for joining us. And I thank you for listening to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. Once again, go to scalarlight.com scalarlight.com s-c-a-l-a-r-l-i-g-h-t.com there's also a free trial if you'd like to check that out as well 15-day free trial and we encourage you to do so i'm richard dugan this has been tell me your story new paradigms for a new world giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true until next time love to love